It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's up, y'all? It's your man, Ernest. You love Ernest back again with another episode of the Ernest Thoughts Podcast. So, back to the topics. So, let's get it. (laughs) Um... Man, this this might be a lengthy episode, depending on how much I have to say, because with these, at least with these first two topics, there's a lot I have to say, or at least I feel like there's a lot I have to say. So let me just get right into it. So Deion Sanders, Deion Deion Sanders, for those who don't know, Hall of Fame football player, just defensive back. I believe that was his position. Um... You know, just again, Hall of Fame guy. He two years ago, two or three years ago, I believe, he decided to take a coaching job at JSU. JSU being a HBCU, a historically black college, right? College university, right? Um, so he did that, and that was that was big. That was big for for HBCUs because for those who don't know much about HBCUs HBCUs aren't as they, they, they don't receive the funding that they 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 like as you know PWIs predominantly white institutions or just other institutions in general right um, they don't receive the funding they don't receive the eyes the looks the praise, really, the the anything that comes with a college and university, like the pristine and all of that other stuff. Now you have your po- popular HBCUs, you know, the Howard Universities and things, the Hamptons and stuff, right? You have that stuff, of course. Um, but even those two universities um, aren't as you know well known, or at least. They're not as, I won't say well-known, but they're not as um, looked at in the same light as maybe a a Harvard University or, you know, uh, uh, LSU or, you know, some other white college you can name, predominantly white college you can name. And when I say predominantly white, I just simply mean predominantly not black. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, if it's predominantly Asian, if it's predominantly Hispanic, it's hey, I'm PWI is the term that y'all use. I'm just using the terms that y'all use that y'all coined. All right, so don't be mad at me. All right, don't be mad at me. But anyways, Deion Sanders again, a Hall of Fame football player, decides that he or decided at one point that he wanted to go coach at JSU, again, JSU being HBCU. And this was a big deal because not only did he bring his popularity, his knowledge and everything um, to JSU, but there was a lot, there's a lot of football players who look up to a Deion Sanders. You know, people, a lot of recruits 
who went to JSU, you know, who otherwise would have picked a, a, a PWI had it not been for Deion Sanders at one point working for JSU, coaching for JSU, right? Um, and that ruffled the feathers of not just the NCAA, um, but just a lot of white folks in general, a lot of anti-black folks in general, even those who will try to say that they're not anti-black, um, but their actions show otherwise. That ruffled the feathers of a lot of those folks. Now, I don't give a damn about their they feelings. Um, I'm here to talk about Deion Sanders and the move and just my opinion on the situation that he made um, because he no longer is at JSU. He is at Colorado now, when some school in Colorado, right? I'm not going to act like I... I, I know, you know, which school it is, or to be honest with you, I'm not going to act like I give a damn. And by the way, this is not some black college. He didn't go from like a black college to another black college. You know, I don't think the big issue would be that at all. If he went from JSU to, let's just say a Morgan state or JSU to a Howard university or JSU to a Hampton university, you know, uh, JSU to Morehouse, you know, but like, I don't think he there there would be an issue, you know, much of an issue. Now people are gonna take issue with anything people do, you know. People take issue with me simply just having a podcast, but I don't think there would be a big issue, you know, with with what Dion did had he not left one a HBCU for a PWI, a PWI. Uh, for a, a football program that claim uh, for a, you know a school that claimed they were going to pay him what was it is it five million I believe it was about five million dollars but um, they don't even have the money admittedly they don't even have the money to pay him so it was just another broken promise but you know dealing with white men you should already know by now Dion is old enough to know by now that when you're dealing with the white man, if he's giving you large numbers, it's very likely you're not getting them large numbers. I'm just saying. Anyways, <clears throat> there was that, but it was just the way Dion handled the situation, I think is the most upsetting. I can't speak for everybody else, but I can only speak for me. And I think the most upsetting thing about it was just everything that... <sighs> he claimed he stood for as to why he went to JSU in the first place. JSU, Jackson State University, for those who I just, you know, using acronyms and all that, but Jackson State University, for those who don't know, right? Um, So, Dion went to JSU when he first got the job at JSU, the head coach of the football team at JSU. He was this is these are his claims right and i'm paraphrasing of course i'm not going to quote word from word but i'm paraphrasing but this is pretty much the stance that dion took when he first got the job like i said it was about two years ago two if not most three years ago um but he he took the stance of i want to uplift 
black colleges, right? HBCUs. I want to do something for my people. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I want to do something for especially <clears throat> these men, these young black men who have aspirations in getting to the NFL. I want to be that mentor for them. Not just when they are when they are at JSU, but going forward in life, you know, when they get into the league or whatever happens, I want to be that guide for them. I want to be that, you know, somewhat of a father figure to a lot of these men who may not have who may not have had a father figure in their life, you know, or at least not positive male figures in their life. He was saying th- these were the talks he was he was he was saying, right? <clears throat> he also brought God into it, right? Now, me being me, if someone brings God into it feeling as strongly as I do about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, <laughs> when people bring God into situations, that's nothing to play with. Now, it's not even that. It's the other talks as well. It's the non-religious talks or non-spiritual, whatever you want to call it. It's the talks of, <clears throat> I want to do something for black folks. I take that stuff seriously as well, especially when it comes to other, when it comes to black people saying these things, right? Now, it's not that I haven't seen black people say these things and then straight up lie. Hell, you hear me all the time talk about black politicians on this podcast who give empty promises to the black community. I talked about Stacey Abrams' so-called plan for black men a couple months ago. I talked about how Joe Biden and the Democrats and all these other politicians claim that they wanted to meet with, uh, you know, everyone got on Ice Cube because he took a meeting with a Trump staffer about the platinum plan, but they were like, oh, wait for Biden, wait, wait till Biden get in office. And then Biden has, yeah, Ice Cube says, states all the time. He stated a few times, actually, that, listen, they haven't even reached out to me. I've been reaching out to them since they've been in the office and they haven't even reached back out to me. They keep ignoring me. You know, we're not, I'm not shifting the conversation elsewhere. What I'm saying is, I feel strongly, just as strongly about black folks or people in general claiming they want to do something for black folks as when they invoke God into whatever decision that they've made, right? And it's only a situation of I feel strongly about it, Um, not because I feel connected to both God and obviously my community, but... I don't like liars. <laughs> I don't like pump fakers. I don't like people who evoke God, who evoke blackness, you know, who evoke this, this, I, we want, we want to support black folks. We want to support black men. We want to support black women. We want to support black children. We want to support black students, black athletes, black, but they're really BS. They're really just BSing it. And it was a grifting move, you know? The reason why, in the second topic as well, is as to why I, I, um, I'm going to, uh, I, I named this, this episode the way that it is, but 
it was a beta it was a straight up grifting move now for those who know of Dion and I would throw myself in this as well we can't necessarily be too surprised I mean throughout his whole entire athletic career this is even prior to him again this is prior to him being a coach this is prior to today or today's times we're talking about years ago you know we saw how he's been moving <laughs> as an individual. Deion Sanders has always been for and about Deion Sanders. We saw what he did <laughs> when he left. What he did? What, he, what was it? Uh, the Niners in San Francisco, the 49ers. We saw what happened with that when he played baseball. We saw what happened within his baseball career, right? And this is all stuff you can look up if you're like, well, I didn't see it, or I don't know what you're talking about, or you're referencing. This is all stuff you can you can look up. I'm not going to expel everything. Like I said, I do feel like I have a lot to say in this episode, and I don't want to extend it longer by bringing up Dion's entire history. But it is important to say... Dion does have a history of talking out of side of the talking out of the side of his neck. Dion has a history of smiling in your face and not meaning any damn thing <laughs> that he says. And it look and it's looking like, and I see the dude, I see the post on IG. I don't even follow the dude, right? But I go on this discovery page, and it's all, and it's not all Dion Sanders, but it's it's clips of him on his IG responding pretty much, bringing up God again. I I thank God for for never judging me. I thank God for loving me. Only God could judge me. Only God. And it's this whole idea that you're bringing up religion, you're bringing up God, really, to try to escape some type of criticism. Because you know there are people, other Christians or just people in general, who are sensitive about that stuff, who feel like they're doing something wrong by speaking up against a fellow man of God, right? Well, that, that, I, that type of Christian. <laughs> you ain't got me, nigga. <laughs> you ain't got me like that. See, I'm going to say you bringing up God and claiming now there's nothing wrong. As someone who understands, again, the power of God, God will put you in one situation and then take you out of that situation. And And it may not make sense to anybody. Hey, it may not make sense to you. But that's what that was God's plan. But we have to be really careful when we say something is God's plan versus our own plan, right? Unless you're going to talk about the God in you, which made that decision, you know? Now, I don't know. I can't speak to God about what God said to to Dion. He may have really actually heard God tell him, go to JSU and do what you want to do. It's your time is your time at JSU was up. 
there's there's a better deal there's more money or the promise of more money at Colorado right go there I don't think God moves that way as far as telling people to uh, be greedy in some sort. Now, God is not going to not going to bless us it's like he's not going to not bless us Let me put it that way. You know, he's not going to say things like, you know, you don't deserve this blessing, you know, <laughs> or uh, because if the blessing is there, then obviously I, 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 I believe that it's there for a reason, you know. But as far as, again, just him doing what he's doing on IG, I'm not, I'm, I, I see right, all, I see right through it, man. Like, come on, bro. You're not, you're not playing me, OG. Like, yeah, you was born before me, but you wasn't born. I wasn't born today, <laughs> you know? So you, you can run them games on somebody else. You can run them games on even people your own age. This is a lot of people Dion's age or even older who are falling for his trap. But not this young buck. Nah. You ain't you ain't playing me, dude. Like it is what it is. You saw you used JSU to get your footing and to get your coaching footing there, right? You knew you knew you can easily just get a job at a black college, right? You knew that for a fact. You do like you you did what like a lot of the students actually do with HBCUs, a lot of non-black students, but even some of the black ones, they will go to an HBCU knowing that they have zero commitment in staying at this college, right? Or an NHBCU period, whether it be a JSU if they went to or just uh, they transferred to Morgan State or whatever, right? They have no intent in staying at an HBCU, right? But they use it to not only get in, but they they do they whatever success that they have there, they use that success and say, hey, now let me let me. Uh, it's pretty much their 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 resume to some sort, right? They can. Add that to their resume, their successes to their resume. Go to whatever college or university that they actually wanted to go to. Or just somewhere else that isn't an HBCU and say, hey, look, look at the work I've done. Look at this. Look at. Now, I'm not saying that the education system at at HBCUs is so damn easy that a caveman can pass classes at a HBCU that's not what I'm saying what I'm saying is Deion Sanders much like others whether it be students or not um, used a predominantly black institution to get a, 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 a footing elsewhere I remember growing up you know, as a, a, you know, I went to all public schools, right? Went to all public schools um, up until high school and I went to a charter school. But all, public school pretty much all my life, uh, middle school, elementary school, or, uh, and inner city public school, let me put it that way. These weren't suburbans, none of that. 
you know, inner city public schools. So yes, you had a lot of black, you had a lot of brown students up in there, right? I remember there would be the few white kids or the few Asian kids. Now, most of the Asian kids did stick, actually stick around. But they were definitely, they were definitely the minority within those schools, whether it was elementary or middle school. But the ones that there, there were some, some of those kids, white Asians that I got along with. And Asian is not just, you know, I'm not just talking about people from a, from like, you know, Asia or, you know, whatever. Right. I'm talking about Indians and so there were kids who did do that for about a year or two. Got their grades up, got a GPA that was satisfactory, right? You know, close to 4.0, whatever the case was, right? Because they knew the education system wasn't necessarily the best. So their parents knew I can bring my smart Asian kid to this inner city school, have them excel in it so well, then transfer them out into this you know, higher institution that is going to be more beneficial for their future, right? Now, I'm not saying parents, coaches, other staff members who either send students there or get a job at these places, I'm not saying they should not want to better themselves. But what Dion pretty much did, because this is about him, this isn't about everybody else. I'll probably do a future episode about just that aspect of it. But what Dion did was set HBCUs back, you know, maybe three years from three years, three, five, ten years. People can lie to themselves all the time and say things like, he, but he he said he put he put a system in there, a system that clearly did not last because you see the amount of individuals who wanted to transfer out of not just JSU but HBCUs in general um, to go play with Dion. The sad thing about it is you do have students who are and they, they, at this one call, 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 I can't say Colorado for shit, but this one Colorado school, right? There's students who are transferring to that school, but did not want to transfer into an HBCU the two years Deion Sanders was working at one. And that to me, it, these are black. I'm, I'm referring to the black students, right? I'm give a damn about the non blacks who did not want to transfer to a HBCU. Stay out of HBCUs. That's just my opinion. But that that's another thing that bothers me is those students, those students who didn't even value a JSU or just HBCUs in general, even when Deion Sanders was there. 
They either was like, we know Dion is only there to, you know, get his footing in a coaching game and then he's going to dip. And when he dips and wherever he goes, I will go, right? As long as it's a PWI, not a HBCU, right? That upsets me. But back to Dion once again. The dude played us all. The dude played us all. I, and I'm including myself in it because again, I'm not going to act like I followed his journey all throughout it. When I first heard about it, I was like, that's dope. Um, you know, when Dion played, I was a fan when I was watching the NFL avidly, right? Yep. When I was younger, of course. Um, but I was a fan of Dion. You know, I watched his old highlights and stuff from here and there and stuff. I was a fan of Dion, player-wise. Um, baseball as well. Baseball used to be my favorite sport. So to see other black men that were in baseball, um, I, I loved seeing that. Although my favorite baseball player of all time is still Roberto Clemente. You know, it, it's, it, it was still great, a, a delight to see black men within the sport of baseball. You know, when I was younger as well. So this is not coming from somebody who is like, oh, I don't like Deion Sanders because I think he's a coon. I I don't think he's a coon. Now, the word sellout really does um, cross my mind, to be honest with you. But... In order to be a sellout, you would have to be someone who was once a principled person, someone who had principles and, you know, you sold those principles out, you you sold your soul essentially for whatever gain that you thought was worth more than the soul that you had, right? I said Dion fooled us all because I don't think Dion ever had that type of um, soul within him. He could feel however you want to feel. Others, others could feel however they want to feel about it as well. And oh yeah, for anyone that's going to say things like you're mad at Dion, but you're not mad at Brett Favre, this, that, and the third. I talked about Brett Favre on here. I talked about other primarily white folks, athletes especially, or just folks in general who uh, who's on a stuff. I talked about your boy Jab Wick, by the way. What's his name? Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. I have an old, uh, not a whole episode, but a whole segment talking about when Aaron Rodgers, when it was found out that he lied about being vaccinated and all that other stuff, right? And just just the uh, double standards of all of that. So you can't get me on some you 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 you're only talking about a black man type shit. Oh, you don't talk about white folks at. Nope, can't get me. You probably get others on that shit. Although those arguments are probably to other people are probably still null and void. You cannot get me on it. But. What I'm saying is I wouldn't call Dion a sellout because I don't even think he ever had principles in the first place. Like I said, when you look at Dion's career, and again, I was fooled. I was fooled into thinking he turned a new leaf. D- 
Dion, this move Dion did simply just showed what Dion has already always done. And it simply just showed that we as individuals who know who Dion Sanders is, we got to trust Dion to be Dion. At the end of the day, we got to trust Dion to be Dion. This is Dion. Dion is a man who is out for himself. Dion will go to the worst school in 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 in, in the damn NCAA, you know, program. Whatever. He will go there for the promise of more money. Also, this thing is for those who this thing is a lot deeper than just Deion Sanders. Like I stated before, yeah, you know, he he went from a HBCU to a PWI and that's jacked up. Um, I talked about how um, the just the, the allure of HBCUs, what he brought and everything else. When while he was there, well, I won't say what he brought because it was already there. What he added to, right? Uh, you know, was all that stuff to now is getting old. It's going back to being not being you know looked at as much, right? HBCUs were getting airtime. You know, again, the funding they were in. You know, they're actually in. You know, tournaments and all that other stuff because again of the the popularity and you know the the attention that we're getting now on, on one hand I'm like I don't give a like I can't really say I give a damn about the attention from white folks um I think that HBCUs can't and will prosper and still be successful when we as when more of us continue to support them whether they have a Deion Sanders or a famous coach or not we just gotta go out and support no matter who is there at the end of the day yeah I can talk about Deion Sanders I can get on I can get on him for the the uh, decision that he made. He made, but none of that is going to change the fact that we, as black people, need to do more for HBCUs. That's been a thing prior to Dion joining one, even when when he was at JSU and after at, he's at JSU. There's still a lot more that we can do. I'm not saying we're not doing anything at all. Because had we been doing nothing for HBCUs, HBCUs would be nothing. But we can definitely do more. We can definitely not watch the Colorados or the, the you know, other PWIs, the Mississippis, the Georgia States, the all that, right? But I know that's blasphemy talk. I know it's blasphemous for me to even say that to some folks. To not watch these games, you know? 
know a lot of people like to support the the colleges um, even if they didn't go to that specific school it's in a state that they grew up in right you know they, they grew up in Georgia so they want to support Georgia State they grew up in Mississippi so or they're from there or so so they want to support that but my thing is if your school such as a Jackson Mississippi <laughs> If your school is in a state, well, let me put it this way. If there is an HBCU within your state, you can support that school instead of the PWI that is also in your state. I don't understand why if your whole argument is I, I just want to support the, the this colleges that it's in my state okay there's a HBCU that is in your state how come you're not supporting it that's your thing right you, you, you want to talk about black and I'm talking to black folks in this one you want to talk about black empowerment you want to talk about all this other stuff there's an HBCU in your state why not support them? See, just like how I was saying with, with Deion Sanders, I really don't like when people just lie and BS. And just because you may not bring up God as to why you're supporting a non-HBCU from your hometown, right? Or in your home state, you may not have brought up God as to the reason. I still have a problem with you acting like your whole thing is you just want to you're you're just being a homer. You're just supporting your your home state. You're not if again your home state has an HBCU or city. Let's even put it that way. Your city, there's an HBCU in the city that you grew up in, which is in the state that you grew up in, obviously. And yet you don't support that. But you do clamor on about wanting to support black and uplifting black. And you want other people to do it, but you don't want to put in the work to do it. You getting on Deion Sanders about it. You getting on everybody else about it, but you don't want to get on yourself about it. See, I got a problem with that. And you're not going to be off the hook simply because I'm talking about this whole Deion Sanders situation. This is uh, this all is relative. It's all relative, people. What I said about Dion is what I've said about Dion. The dude, the dude is a con man. You know, he's all about himself. Uh, what else do I have? What else do I have to say? You know, he allowed himself, as far as with Dion Sanders, he allowed himself to be used and pimped out by bigger con artists the white men within this 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 system this college football system right he allowed himself to do that for the promise the empty promise by the way but the empty promise of five million dollars five mil that they don't even have to pay him now let's just say he does a year at at, at, at Colorado, whatever the fuck he at. Bumfuck Colorado, right? 
Maybe he's at Springfield, Colorado. I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, is it Springfield? Whatever the, the, the wherever the show uh, South Park, Colorado. That's what it's called. Not Springfield, but South Park, right? <laughs> is that show in Colorado or Canada for some reason? I don't know. I re- I think it's in Colorado or set in Colorado. Either or. Maybe he's in South Park. Let's just say he's not there. I doubt it. But let's just say he's at the whatever school he's at in in Colorado, right? Let me try to say it right. <laughs> you know, the irony of color in Colorado. But maybe he's let's just say he does a year there. He still doesn't get his money. Dion, what it what are you going to do? Like, what will be your excuse? God told me to take less money. God told me that I needed to be with these predominantly white kids instead of my own. Oh, what you going to say? God lied to you. God was the one who told you that there was $5 million on the table for you at this one job. And then you took the job and then there wasn't actually $5 million on the table for you. God doesn't lie. God doesn't lie. So if you were to try to say something like that, Dion, as if I already didn't know you're not really truly a man of God, but God would not lie. God would not say to somebody, I got $5 million for you. And then somebody shows up and there's no $5 million. That was the devil lying to your ass. Tempting you because he knew he could. But that's it for Dion. I, I I ain't gonna lie. I am curious as to see what's the end game for him, right? As far as how's he gonna react to him not getting the full amount of money that he was promised? How's he going to react to being pimped out by these white men? These white men that he should have known better. Dion Sanders is old enough to know that you cannot trust a white man. Now. I want to get into the point, as I was saying before, that it's bigger than Dion. It is it's much bigger than Dion. This was a calculated attack on HBCUs. This wasn't a school trying to get Dion Sanders because they saw the value in Dion Sanders. Dion could probably lie to himself, even though I don't believe he truly believes uh, that Colorado wanted him because they saw the value in him per se. They probably saw it when when I and I'm not saying that Dion isn't valuable. He definitely is valuable. He's just not carrying himself and he's not valuing himself the way that he should. You know? And people can say, like, oh, you're just upset that he left the HBCU. That is part of it, but rest assured, if he actually went to a college that was worth a damn, even if it was in Colorado, or some other school that was better than the school that he's at now, I would say at least he is valuing himself a lot more than he is now. Going to a school that is bottom of the barrel 
as far as the rankings within the, you know, the footballs, uh, uh, you know, the, the football program there and all that other stuff and their lack of success rate, right? I think it's like one win in the last 17 years. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. But <clears throat> he, he went there, he knew this, and yet it, it's like he, it, it, none of it mattered. None of it mattered simply because what mattered more was the promise of more money. Right? That That's what mattered more. And I'm like, you're devaluing yourself because you went somewhere that you know is that like they're not what you can what you bring to the school is you're far more valuable than this place i'm just going to put it that way you're far more valuable than this place and yet that does not matter to you because the money does right and it's money that you're not even promised to get well that's what god does you know god will teach you lessons like that where you think dion you think you're doing something that god would approve of but really Cause, cause you cannot tell me that it's not some, that is not some divine intervention type stuff. Where it's like, I sold my soul to go to this white school, and now I'm gonna evoke God as the the reason as to why I left, or you know, or to justify, you know, uh, my reasoning, you know, and then it comes out later on, not even like later later like literally probably like two days after the decision was made and hey yeah we don't really got the money to pay this man we lied to this nigga we just wanted him to get him out of JSU and that's the point that I want to make that's the thing that really 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 upsets me is that's why I made the point earlier I know I'm rambling a bit but it's all on par that's why I made the point earlier saying that this was a calculated attack on HBCUs. This has zero to do with the value that, uh, that again, Deion Sanders alone brings. This is the fact that if Deion Sanders was still at HG, at an HBCU, at JSU, a lot of the top recruits would have gone to JSU, just like how I think they did uh, when he first got there. A lot of the top recruits in general would want to play at HBCUs just so they can play JSU, you know, or just so they can, you know, all that other stuff, right? They started looking at, they started valuing HBCUs. Now, again, to me, that was a blessing and a curse. I wish people saw the value in it. The top recruits especially saw the value in HBCUs even prior to Deion Sanders becoming a head coach at one. But again, it happened. You know, I can't change. I can't change back time. And I damn sure can't make those decisions for other people. That was the the, the, the uh, decisions they made. I can only speak on it, right? So that's what happened. And of course, them crackers, they, they, they didn't like that. 
they was getting upset and they was getting scared. You've had, I forget the one guy's name, but he was pretty much saying how, how unfair it was that the top recruits are going to HBCUs and not their schools, not to white institutions. They was being scared because, again, the top black athletes especially, but the top recruits weren't bringing their talents to these white institutions. This was a coordinated attack on HBCUs simply because the move was to get Deion Sanders, which they knew was going to... They knew they can get him with just dangling a carrot in front of his face, a golden carrot in front of his face and saying, oh, look at this $5 million carrot. Come get this, Dion. And they knew it would work because, again, if we look at Dion's patterns, it has worked in the past. You know, it's Dion's MO. So... They did that, and now, like I stated before, HBCUs just suffered a set, another setback, right? Transfers. The funding is probably going to go back down again. They're not going to get the TV time, the sponsorships, and all that other stuff that they got again when Dion was there. Now, I still think, like I said before, I still think that they are able to succeed with our support. Simply because if we take away our viewership from the PWIs who compete in these tournaments and stuff uh, and just focus on the HBCUs, the, the sponsors will have no choice but to look at the HBCUs again. They'll have no choice but to say, we got to look at them. They have so many eyes on them. They have so many people on them, especially black people. We want the black demographic, right? We're going to have to sponsor with with JSU, you know? We're going to have to sponsor with Morgan State, Morehouse, Hampton, Howard. You name it. So, I think that was the plan at the end of the day. It was to get Deion Sanders out of a HBCU. It wasn't to uplift this Colorado school. It wasn't to, and also to get the top athletes to go to PWIs as well. It was twofold. It was get Deion out of there. So, what the, the, you know, his fame won't go there but also get these top black athletes to, out of the HBCUs as well but ultimately at the end of the day it's a, it's a choice it's a choice with these athletes if they are choosing to go to these PWIs <clears throat> that is their choice and I'm not saying I agree with the choice at all. I'm saying that it's their choice in a sense that 
we have to now look at them and question why they feel the way that they feel. Now, a lot of people say things like, oh, because they want the, the best education or they want the highest chance of getting it. I want to get into the league. And the only way I'm going to get into the league is if these recruits and all these people are going to these schools and, you know, if I get drafted and all that other stuff, right? Blase, blah. <clears throat> Although there are athletes, not even just within football, you know, but other sports as well who have gone to HBCUs and got drafted. Hell, Shannon Sharp, <laughs> you know, a, fo- a former football player, sports analyst now. Went to an HBCU, got drafted in the NFL. That's just one example of the many who, yeah, I'm not saying it's a lot, but there are there's more than just Shannon Sharp. There's more than just you know other individuals as well who went to an HBCU and went into and ended up getting their dream job. You know, being in being a football player or being a basketball player for the pros, right? Or whatever you know, sport they want to play, they 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 play for the pros. It's just work we got to do as people to make sure that we're supporting. What are we doing at the end of the day? He's Deion, because Deion Sanders is one man. And Deion Sanders is going to do, like I said, what is best for him. But we as a people, we move when we move and, and, and do something. As a people, we get stuff done. And as I'll say before. I'm very confident that HBCUs will grow and be as great as we want them to be if we support them the way that they deserve to be supported. Simple as that. We're going to get into a commercial break. I know this is a long topic, like I said, almost an hour. Uh, but I told you this might be a lengthy episode. You know, I got some stuff to say. There's still more. So uh, stay tuned. So what's up, y'all? So many of y'all already know that I have a lot more interest in politics and life and speaking with fellow writers and authors and just other people in other fields that I think are amazing. I have a love and interest for music as well. Now, I don't necessarily create music. Well, I do make beats. Y'all should check them out whenever I share them on social media. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, all that. But I'm talking about a dedicated podcast where I speak about music. So if you like my honest discussions about whatever I talk about here, you're going to love the honest discussions I have about music over at the My Two Cents podcast. That is a podcast I do, a weekly podcast. I've been doing it just as long as this podcast that you're listening to right now. The My Two Cents podcast can be found anywhere 
you're listening to this podcast, go over, subscribe to My Two Cents Podcast. That is the word my two cents is spelled numerically dollar sign zero dot zero two podcast right after that. You'll be able to find it everywhere you're listening to this podcast. Once again, go over and subscribe to the My Two Cents podcast. New episodes every Monday, just like this podcast. Now let's get back to the show. All right, we are back. And this second topic here might be another lengthy one, but who knows? So we're talking about another black grifter, you know? First, it was a black hustler. Now, black grifter. Dr. Umar Johnson. Now, Dr. Umar Johnson is a polarizing figure. He is a man who, for the most part, I do agree with. Now, the grifting, I don't agree with. But the things that he says, I do agree with. But that's it. That's as far as it goes. And he's a very charismatic guy. You know, well, that's it. That's as far as my support of him goes. The grifting I can't get with, but he knows how to do it so well to the point where it's very charismatic. Um, But also he does say a lot of truthful things, you know, Um, that's it. But, but again, that's it. Um, I don't really, I'm not the type of individual who just latches on to one black individual, one black man, one black woman and say, that is our leader. That is our thought leader. I know, sadly, a lot of the black community, especially online, they have this, that's how they move. That's how I see it. That's how they move. It's they'll latch on to somebody, whether it be a Tariq Nasheed, whether it be a Dr. Umar Johnson. Even if it's someone like a Kevin Samuels or someone like a, for those who follow this bitch, Tracy G, you know, or just anybody in general. There's a lot of names you can name, right? But there's a lot of folks that people will latch on to and say, that is the, that is our black thought leader. Therefore, because I agree with, you know, a good 80%, anywhere between 60 to 80 or even 100 or even the 90s or so. But a lot of a huge percentage of what they say, they are now my leader. They are my thought leader. Therefore, the things that they say I agree with, I'm going to just go with it. And if people criticize them, I'm going to take that as them criticizing me for some reason. And I'm just going to start straight up attacking them because you're attacking my thought leader. I don't move like that. You know what I'm saying? Dr. Umar Johnson or anybody else for that matter can say things that I agree with most of the time. And then people can get on their, their social medias or their podcasts and talk grimy and talk as messy as they want about them. And you will not hear not one comment from me defending those individuals or, or feeling the need to threaten individuals for saying mean things about them. Or saying anything. Why? Because at the end of the day, these are grown ass adults who can defend themselves. And number two, if someone doesn't agree with somebody that I personally like, I ain't going to sweat shit. 
you know, if you bring up a argument, it's different if someone were to bring up an argument about that individual. And I'm like, huh, I never really saw it that way. Let me get to thinking, rethinking my uh, my stance on this individual, right? Oh, let me start to, you know, revisit how I feel. It's one thing if that is the case. But most of the time, I'm the deciding factor of whether I still want to support somebody or not. So I really don't care about whether someone says good or bad things about the people that I like or the people that I tune into from time to time. Dr. Umar Johnson is not necessarily somebody of that category, but he is that for a lot of people as to why I felt the way to mention that. You know, he's not that for me, but he is he is that for a lot of people. Um, But even if he's not that for me, again, a lot of his ideology, I agree with, aside from the grifting and aside from his stance on reparations, which I will be talking about in this in this in this uh, segment here. Now, I understand he he did an interview with the Breakfast Club. I have yet to watch that interview, at least the recent interview. I saw the older ones, of course, but. Not this recent one that happened, believe it was Friday, right? So two days ago from when I'm recording this episode. I did not see that interview. Now, if it's a slow news time in the the next few weeks or so, I will likely watch that interview and then share my thoughts on it. And the reason as to why I didn't do so, and I'm still talking about Umar, is I'm talking about the first interview he did with somebody else where he brought up why he is, well, he claims he's still for reparations, but he doesn't want cash reparations for what he says is black people. A lot of us like to delineate and say black Americans specifically because that is what a lot of the black Americans are, are, uh, they're not, they're not talking about reparations for, for all the black people, right? They're talking about specifically for black Americans. Now, I don't personally believe that black Americans should be the only black people to get reparations, but when it comes to black Americans, yeah, but other groups such as Haitians or, or, or Africans or some other Caribbean nation, if they want to argue they deserve reparations, they can take that upon themselves. But to latch on to the black American, whether it's the FBA, fund, foundational black American or the American descendants of slavery, the ADOS movement, whether they want to latch on to both of those things, I don't think it's necessarily a good idea unless they're going to support ADOS and FBA getting um, getting uh, getting reparations for that specific movement. And then if they want to start their own movement, you know, reparations for Haiti and Haitians and stuff. And all. Cool. You know, again, I'm not saying that nobody else who isn't black or nobody who is not a non-black American should not receive reparations. But when it comes to the Black American reparation movement, only Black Americans deserve it. That's my stance on it, right? And of course, I believe cash, it should be a part of that. It's not the only thing, but it definitely should be a part of it. 
But Dr. Umar Johnson disagrees. He's not the only one who disagrees as well, but Dr. Umar Johnson disagrees. He doesn't believe that cash reparations or cash should be a part of the reparations that black folks should get. His reasoning, and again, I didn't watch the. I'm I'm quoting his reasoning from, <clears throat> or paraphrasing pretty much his reasoning from the interview he did prior to the Breakfast Club interview. His mindset behind it was: if you give, pretty much, if you give niggas money, they go and splurge it all on on uh, white owned businesses anyway, making it pointless to give us reparations. A lot of people make that argument, and I think that it's the dumbest argument because I think these businesses, yeah, you do have niggas who just go out of their way to buy, you know, to to spend money on their, as soon as they get money, they want to spend it at a white-owned business or just spend the money in general. Yeah, there are black folks like that. I'm not going to deny that. Not going to sit up here and act like that's not the case, but I think that the reason as to why they haven't given black folks reparations and why they keep avoiding this situation is simply because they know for a fact that if they gave us the cash that they owe us, a lot of us aren't actually going to do that stupid shit and buy into these European brands and spend all the money that we have that was given to us at white-owned institutions, right? Businesses and whatnot, right? They know that we're not going to. The vast majority of black folks aren't going to do that. They know that a lot of us aren't going to be stupid with our money. Yes, financial literacy is an important thing to learn, especially within the black community. But they know for a fact that we're not going to do stupid shit like that as a whole, as a majority as a community, let me put it that way, that's not going to happen. Because if they knew that was the case for all of us, they would have been giving us our paper. Let's keep it real. They would have been giving us our paper and then we would have lost it all if that was actually the case. You know? So I think that whole argument gets debunked real easily with that same point. Well, if they, if these, if these white folks, especially these white politicians who are in charge, who can easily be, be, uh, you know, who are in charge of taking care of making sure this stuff, whether it's white politicians or black politicians, if these politicians knew all the niggas are just going to spend it all on us anyway or elsewhere, they're going to donate to us. They're going to buy this. They're going to buy that. They're going to support people that we support. If the money's somehow still going to come back to us, let's give them the money now. So then, boom, we can get that back anyway. We're going to get it back anyway. Why not do that? Why not do that? That would be the easiest, quickest, most hands-free way of them getting their money back and more on top of the money that we're already making. It's not much, but they will even get that, the money that we're already making as people, on top of the money that was owed to us. If they truly believe that that is how the majority of black folks is going to move, they know that's not the majority of black folks. 
what they put it out there as as they put that they put it out there as the majority of black folks move this way because it's obviously a way to defame black folks it's obviously a way to continue to to belittle black folks to make it seem as though that we are just and especially in the eyes of other groups to make it seem as though that we are people who are just we're just stupid motherfuckers to put it lightly like we're just stupid individuals you know we're, we're just people who do not have any type of sense or intelligence about us you know so that's why they keep putting it out there that we are going to do something like this but they know for a fact that that's not going to be the case for again the majority I'm going to keep saying that the majority of black folks because when you think about it, a lot of the people, when you ask, when you ask myself, when you ask other people, what are we going to do with our reparations money? A lot of us are just looking to get out of generational poverty. We are going to be able to not continue the cycle of poverty within our fucking households. Generations upon generations upon generations of it. And that's another reason as to why they don't want it. They don't want us to. They don't want us to get out of that. They want to. They want to keep us poor, because if they keep us poor, we are gonna continuously. We may not be mean you or me, but we as a community are gonna continue to vote for politicians who give us empty promises. We as poor black people are gonna continue to look for people who have more money than us black celebrities especially more and and say that these people should be looked up to these people are are, our 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 idols i can't say our words for some reason colorado fucked me up but these people are our idols well, words with R's in them, not our words, but words with R's when you know what I mean, y'all. But these people are the 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 messiahs, and those people are clearly people who are uh you know white supremacy props up as individuals that we we ought to be, you know, ought to aspire to. But those individuals aren't they ain't shit. <laughs> like they ain't shit for the community at all. I know I went on a wild tangent. I was supposed to focus. I mean, it's all, it's all, it's all relative still. But Dr. Umar, getting back to him per se, because you're not escaping this tack, my brother. You're not escaping this. The reason as to why he said what he said, I think it's really simple. People can say, whoa, whoa, he, he's not FBA. He doesn't qualify. So he's just hating ass nigga. I don't know if if Dr. Umar Johnson is, you know, a black American or not. And I really don't care, to be honest with you. That's not the reason as to why I believe he made the comment that he made. I believe he made the comment that he made because ain't no black person donating. The black people that he he has under his grifting sleeve, you know, uh, wrapped around his grifting fingers, Those individuals 
will cease to donate to him if they were to get their reparations. And I'm not saying all of them. There might be some that be like, yo, Umar, you keep spreading the good word. Go ahead and have a little something, some of this reparations pie. You know what I'm saying? There will be people who still donate to him. But I think his big thing as a grifter, (laughs) a black grifter, is to, again, put on this, I'm for black folks. I'm I'm a pan-Africanist, so I'm all for all black folks and all this other stuff and blah, say, blah, say, blah, right? But donate to me because I'm building this school. Donate to me because... You know, you got to support what I do. The government is after me. The government don't want me to work at these other schools and institutions. I can't get a job anywhere as a psychologist or whatever the case is, because the you know the white man is 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 uh making sure that I don't I don't get a job or you know all this other stuff. So donate to me, right? Folks get reparations. They're gonna be smart with their money. They're gonna be they're gonna see right through that shit. And he might end up being eligible for reparations as well. So if he is eligible for reparations and he gets his money, right? Let's just say I'm ballparking it, right? I I saw this random number somewhere. I don't know if it's going to be a fact. Let's just say we we get our reparations. We get about, was it 300? I think I saw the number. It was 320K per month, right? I saw other ways that it could be done as well, blah, blah, blah. But right, let's just say we get 320K per month. Y'all really think that is, y'all really think that people who grift, right? Who are getting 320K per month. Do you think they can get away with their grift for any longer since they've gotten over $300,000 a month? It's hard to try to tell people you really are in desperate need of the money when we know you're getting at least 320k per month, <laughs> you know? Cuz it's like then where does where is this money going to? You know what you can do with 320k per month? Let's do quick maths. All right? And when I say quick maths, I mean let me pull out my calculator. 300 to zero, zero, zero times 12 months in a year, right? That is 3 million for one year, specifically as 3 million eight hundred and forty thousand dollars. One more time, that is 3 million. per year one would be making. It's hard to grift (laughs) when you're making over $3 million per year and you're still trying to beg people to donate money to you because people are going to say, what happened to the $3 million that you made last year, this year, the year before that, and well, the year after that, right? For as long as this thing goes on, right? You can't grift people if you're making damn near four thousand, four million. My bad, not four thousand, four million per year. Now you can grift people on four thousand. 
You know, if you're making four thousand per year, you you definitely can get away with grifting, folks. Four thousand a year ain't shit. But if you're damn near making four million dollars per year, it's hard to get away with grifting, folks. Now you still gonna get people. There's gonna always be people. There's always gonna be victims of of grifters, right? There's always gonna be grifties, <laughs> you know. Or griftins. I'm gonna call them griftins just because. There's always gonna be griftins to a grifter. It's always gonna be the case. Now these numbers might decrease for Dr. Umar, for anybody else who's out here grifting. But there's always gonna be griftins out there. Why? There's always gonna be individuals who fall for it. It's not not everyone thinks like me. Sadly, right? But not not everybody thinks like me. Not everybody is not. And you got people who are easily dissuaded by words, right? Or persuaded by words. You got people who don't look at actions. They just care about words. Why you think the whole Democrats catering to black women all the time, but not talking about black men at all or focusing on black men? Why do you think that's working so well? It's not because they're genuine, because they're definitely not genuine in their approach. It's because they know they saw a sector of individuals who can easily fall for just words, 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 words. No actions. No actions to follow it. Or words and representation, that empty representation, that means nothing at all. Nothing other than an advancement for that one singular black woman. Not black woman as a whole, but that one singular black woman. They want to put it on as an advancement for all black women. And then, of course, they're going to say it's an advancement for all black people. But it's just an advancement for that one singular black woman. Not the community and definitely not other black women within the community. But it's really hard, as I was stating before, it's really going to be hard for a Dr. Umar Johnson to continue to ask for donations, 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 gifts, gifts, and gifts. If you can no longer give people empty promises of this is what's going to happen. Also, if he is eligible again for reparations and he does get the cash money the school that he said he was going to build the other things that he said he was going to do with the donation money that people have been given to him that stuff is going under fire now I'm not going to sit here and make assumptions on whether I believe or, or, you know, presumptions or whatever, whether I believe that Dr. Umar Johnson is a liar in that regards. Is he going to build a school or not? Is he going to do X, Y, Z? I don't know. And I'll, and again, I frankly don't care enough. That's why, you know, do I want more black schools to be built and all that stuff? Absolutely. Do I want grifters being in charge of that? Absolutely not though. So that's why you don't see me sweating him about the school. But it is something to bring up. It is something to bring up. If he were to get his 
840000 per year. I can't tell you how much it is to build a school and maintain a school. But I think $3 million is a good starting point. You don't got to start big, but I think you can get a little... I personally believe you can build a little something, something, something with $3 million. (laughs) You know? That's just me. That's my assumption. I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong. Again, I don't know how much it is to build a school. But I think $3 million, I'm judging by some of the schools I've went to. They definitely weren't three million. They definitely looked like it cost less than three million to uh, build and maintain them. Let me just put it that way. Let me take a sip as well. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. So with that being said, these are things that I believe worry Umar. Whether he's going to have to keep his word on on whether he's going to build something or not. Whether his donations, his fans are going to continue to follow him and latch on to his word or not. Whether he's going to continue on the grift. Simple as that. And I think his stances, although he did bring up, you know, good points as but I think just him simply just saying things like black folks are just going to spend it all elsewhere for a pan-Africanist pro-black that was pretty anti-black of you to say because that's definitely a white racist talking point especially a right uh, 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 a conservative white racist talking point you know So that's my thoughts on the situation. Again, I will, you know, in a future episode or so, probably in the next coming weeks or so, if there's nothing else to talk about, I will tune into that Breakfast Club interview. And then I'll share my thoughts on that aspect. I feel like there was something else I had to say about just Umar and this, you know, no... Oh yeah, he talked about there. There is more. I gotta say, I told y'all, <laughs> told y'all, this is gonna be a lengthy one, right? But the year's almost up, so uh, why not? He mentioned we already have the money, right? He talked about the spending power of black folks. We already have the money. He he said that, and again, I'm referring to what he said in 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 the interview he did prior to the Breakfast Club. We already have the money. Okay, you, you talk about the black spending power, which is which is something that is true, in the sense that we spend all our money again on these other. We may not be you or me once again, but when you look at these stats, yes, we do have a lot of spending power. Put it that way. Period. We have a lot of spending power. Spending power doesn't just look at European, uh, you know, money, black money going to white owned businesses. It also counts black money going into black owned businesses. It just so happens, unfortunately, the money is being spent more on non-black businesses than it is black businesses. But when we talk about 
the black spending power, it's not just about money being spent at non-black businesses. It's black businesses getting that money as well. But again, I understand that aspect that he's bringing up. But who the hell in their right mind is going to say, we already spend so much money. We don't need more money to spend. When again, a lot of that money is going to black owned businesses. Why the hell would you deny black folks, whether it's black Americans or black folks in general, why the hell would you want to deny black folks more money to spend on black owned businesses if you say for yourself we already spend a lot of money with these businesses again there might be black folks who go to a european car brand and buy a maserati and buy a bugatti and buy all these other european cars yes there are going to be black folks to do so I know for a fact I'm going I'm not going with European I'm going with American I'm gonna buy me a Dodge right <laughs> one of the old school ones I forget the name but then the 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 visual of this car this car is it's a box it's 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 the most beautiful vehicle I've ever seen in my life right definitely go <laughs> it's definitely gonna be a purchase of mine you know um but that's not all the money. That's definitely not all where my money is going. Reparations money is going. Um, and again, there's a majority. The majority of us is going to be smart about it. Yes, there are going to be time. There are going to be outliers. But to deny everybody because of the fear of the outliers. Once again, this is a situation where you purposely are lumping us all together and you're hurting us all as a community than you are doing you're doing more damage than you than you know that you are or that you you are aware that you are right because imagine the amount of black owned business if you know reparations were to happen today tomorrow right imagine the success rate of the black owned businesses that are already you know, trying to stay afloat from black owned business owners who can now afford to actually stay in business because they got the money to black owned business owners who can spend with other black owned businesses or just people in general being able to spend with black owned businesses. You want to deny all of that? You want to deny these possibilities because you want to stereotype all black folks and say, we all just materialistic dummies who's going to buy, buy money and rent, not buy money, but, you know, spend the money on cars and rims and gold teeth and gold chains, right? And Hennessy and weed and duchess and, and strippers and all that shit, huh? We just going to walk around here like we some old 2000s, early 2000s music video, right? Rap music video, right? We're gonna be walking around here like we G-United some shit back in the day, right? Just flashing money, 
flashing cars, flashing jewelry, flashing grills. Flash. That's what you think we all going to do, right, Mr. Pan-Africanist? Mr. Pro-Black? This is what you think that we all going to do. That is your thought about Black Americans or just Black folks in general, huh? You can't call yourself a pro-Black and then your mindset about Black folks automatically goes to the worst. You know? There aren't, I'm not saying that there aren't going to be times where you just look at Black folks and you're like, oh my God, we just... But if that is your thought every single time you think about something good happening for black folks that we're just going to mess it up, that's not really pro-blackish of you, bro. That's the complete opposite. So he said that, and that's my retort to that. Um, It's just dumb to say, you know, we already got the spending power. Why not just spend you know, why not just use the money that we have now and spend it all on our own, uh, on ourselves? We are doing that. But how about if we get three million times that amount, you know, 10 times that amount or 15 times, 20 times, 50 times the amount, why would you be against that? Why would you be against that? That would, it just seems like a dumb argument. Again, another dumb argument that can be easily debunked. Why would you deny somebody more money to a better advance the already black businesses that are trying to survive? The already black businesses that you claim to care about. If you give the black folks more money, there are going to spend more on these black businesses. These black businesses continue to thrive and therefore the black dollar continues to grow. Where is the damn negatives in any of this? The negative comes when your black ass cannot grip anymore. When your black ass can't individually gain from telling people what they need to do with their money. Because those same folks are going to say, hey, what are you doing with the money? How about all the money that we was giving you prior to us getting all this money? What were you actually doing with it? To put it shortly, we get reparations now or today or whenever Dr. Umar Johnson and a lot of these other black grifters are going to be in a hot seat. They're going to be in a hot seat because you're going to have people like myself. I've never donated to the man and I never will. I haven't donated to the other black grifters as well. But you're going to have people who have donated to him. Who probably listen to me. Who probably don't listen to me but think or just at least question things. Who are going to look at them and start questioning Where is the money going? How come you're still grifted? How come you're still begging? You're making almost $4 million a year. How come you're still begging for money? You're making $300,000 a month. Where is the money going? 
You're going to have people to ask these questions. And these folks are going to be in a hot seat. And this is why they want to keep us at the level that we're at right now. It's easier for them. Whether you're a black grifter, whether you're a black Mac, whether whether you're a black hustler, a black capitalist, it's easier for them to keep us at the level that we're at right now or even get us lower than it is to for us to be advanced because their success is predicated on the lack of success that we have. The lack of resources that we have. That is where their success comes from. So yeah, you're going to have folks who are going to be against it simply because that's what it is. And these are the folks I cannot respect no matter how much good they say or how much things that they say that I personally agree with. I don't need them to be my thought leader at the end of the day. And that's another thing I want black folks to get over. We need to get over these, these again, these so-called thought leaders simply because they have X amount of a following on the internet and they say the things that we may agree with. So the fuck what? Let's be our own thought leaders. Whether we have the the, the followers or not, it don't, it's not going to take away the validity of their thoughts. The reason as to why I feel like my podcast, this podcast, even though it's not as big as my two cents podcast, you know, I'm sharing my thoughts there as well. But the reason why I go so hard and strong and may be able to maintain a following still on this podcast, despite the numbers not being as big as someone else's, is because I still share my thoughts. My thoughts are still just as powerful as the thoughts of an individual who has 10 times as many followers that I got. So once people realize that, then we don't really need these thought leaders. And I'm not trying to argue I should be someone's thought leader. I don't want to be anyone's thought leader. The only thing I want people to do is to think for themselves. And if I motivate you to do that, then I've done my damn job. That's all I want you to do, really, is to think for yourself. Doing what I'm doing right now, thinking for myself and then speaking my thoughts. You don't have to get on the podcast. You don't got to write about them on the blog like I do. You ain't got to tweet about them like I do. You ain't got to do none of that like I do. But thinking for yourself is imperative to the survival of all all groups, any group of people, black or not, being able to fucking think for yourself, not being easily led astray. So yeah, those are just my thoughts on the whole situation. We got one more topic. Now let me think before I go. Let me think before I hit pause. On this damn thing. Let me think. Is there anything else I got to say so far about Dr. Umar Johnson's comments about why we should not get reparations called cash reparations, right? I know he mentioned like we, we need to, you know, uplift Africa and all this other stuff and all the other black nations outside of the U.S. The U.S. is not going to allow us to prosper and blah, 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 right? 
Okay, my quick thoughts about that, and I will try to make them quick, right? I don't want to spend 20 minutes on this, right? My quick thoughts about that is all that stuff sounds beautiful. I've made comments about Pan-Africanism in general in the past as well. My my thoughts is it all sounds beautiful, but without the action behind it, it's just fucking words. And as I stated before, I'm not someone that's easily impressed by words at all. In fact, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not impressed by words, period. You know, it's actions at the end of the day. Call me cynic, cynical, call me all this other stuff, but I've been, I've been, fooled by words so much so in the past from either politicians from family members from folks I was in relationships with friends so-called friends or anybody people I was associated with when whatever the manner was they used their words and their words really didn't mean shit Not everybody but they've been I've been exposed to enough people to know that words really don't mean a damn thing without the actions right so without be with that being said, this whole pan-Africanism thing, I can get with it if your actions are actually with it. If your actions aren't with, really with it and it's just romanticizing blackness, get the fuck on with this shit. Get the fuck on away from me with this shit. Go elsewhere with this shit. I now as far as his comments again, trying to make it short. <laughs> All that sounds good and dandy and well, but there are nations in Africa and all these other nations who still, they need to get their shit in order as well. They're still getting ransacked by non, by European nations or just non-black people out there in China. There's Chinese, there's Indian folks in Africa running amok. And there are resistances going elsewhere, you know, in bits and pieces, but it's surely not happening at the rate that it should have been happening. Shouldn't and at the and, and if we really being real, they shouldn't have allowed the motherfuckers to be in a land and like that in the first place. That's just my opinion. But because you damn sure can't go over there, you damn sure can't go to India, you damn sure can't go to China and do what they're doing in Africa. So, yeah, there's there's that aspect of it. But until they get that stuff together, you can't tell black Americans, well, we need to uplift Africa. We need to uplift Haiti. We need to uplift all these other places. Yeah. Sounds cute. Sounds beautiful. Sounds all of that good handy dandy shit. What are they doing to uplift their own fucking land, though? We're not going to continue on the cycle of, 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 of making black Americans the scapegoats, the fighters, the warriors for everybody else. And nobody wants to fight for us. And when we start to fight for us, we're wrong for doing so. Because our only purpose in life is to fight for everybody else. We're not going to continue on that cycle. I per se, I can't speak for all black Americans, but I per se don't mind fighting for my fellow black, you know, folks, whether they're black American or not. But whether you're black American or not, if you're not showing me you're not willing to fight for yourself, I'm not putting myself on the line for you. I'm going to put myself on the line for me and I'm going to put myself on the line for others who are willing to put their own selves on the line for themselves. 
But if you're not doing a damn thing about the motherfuckers in your land, don't expect me to travel to your land and do something about it or want to do something about it when I got to fight my battles here first. Now, if I took care of all my... I'm, I'm just such a... You know, I guess a, a, a bleeding heart for all black folks, all black folks, that if I were to take care of the issues here, that was placating black Americans here, and yet Africans were still being done dirty by Chinese and Indians over there, then I'd be like, fine, fuck it. I'm going over there. I'm going to fight this battle for y'all because I think it's wrong what y'all going through even though y'all not doing what I believe y'all should be doing but don't expect me again to abandon my own problems and this goes to anybody don't expect me to abandon my own problems my own community to fight for you when you're not willing to A. fight for me and you're not willing to fight for your damn self it's really that simple so that's my thoughts on that again in the future if I watch this Breakfast Club interview, this recent one he did, um, I will share my thoughts on it. You know, whether I agree or disagree, I will make sure to take notes as well. Just just so because I'm probably going to watch that interview once, <laughs> you know, it's it's not going to. And he said a lot during this interview from what I was seeing from the feedback. So, of course, it's going to be something where I'm going to need to take notes on. It's not going to just be one comment he made in one other interview like like, like I'm addressing in this segment or I addressed in this segment, right? It was easy to mentally take notes because it was only a few things as far as the one topic of reparations that he said that I was like, okay, I'm going to talk about this, that, and a third under the whole thing of reparations, right? But he did a, another interview, like I stated, <clears throat> And in this other interview, said a whole lot. So I'm going to have to take notes on that when I do so, if or when I do so, I definitely will talk about it here on the Ernst Thoughts podcast. But we'll get into another break, as I stated before, and that will be the last topic of this episode. Stick with me now. <laughs> Stay tuned. So this last topic, I will try to keep it as short as possible. And I promise you, <laughs> I say that because um, I really don't have much else to say about it um, than what I'm going to say about it. Pretty much. I could have easily made this it's, and I intended for to be so short to the fact to the point where this could have just been a YouTube video. Now, I just might still make it a YouTube video just to have some content up there. Um <clears throat> And pretty much say the same thing in the video that I said on here. Um, but still, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Description box below. Um, because there there are topics that I do discuss on the YouTube channel that I don't discuss here. And, of course, vice versa. There are topics that I discuss here that I don't make YouTube videos on. So it's better to be to subscribe to both the podcast and the YouTube channel. Just so you get your variety ups. Anyways, and it supports what I do, of course. But anyways, Brittany Griner is back. She is back in the United States. She is a free woman 
Um, clap it up if you want to clap it up. Feel however you want to feel about it. I don't give a damn. But she's here. She's here in the United States. Um, Victor Bout is back in Russia. <laughs> He's no longer a prisoner in the United States. Um, clap it up if you want to clap that up. Feel however you want to feel about that. I do not give a damn. But <clears throat> I'm just going to sit here, give my thoughts on the situation and and end off the episode. <laughs> so how do I feel about it? As someone that flip-flopped about how I personally felt about the whole Brianna, uh, or Brittany Griner, not Brianna, but Brittany Griner uh, being locked up. Yes, I still do feel that personal accountability was a part of it that was being ignored. Brittany Griner went over there to Russia. She should have known better not to bring no vape pens over there. She did what she did. She broke the law. She got dealt with. Do I still think that dealing with was ridiculous? And do I believe that she was being used as as collateral um, to to for Russia to get what they wanted? Absolutely. I still believe that. And because of that, I feel like their handling of the situation wasn't all wasn't as genuine of we care about our laws. It was more so we just want to stick it to America. And I got a problem with that. I got a problem with that, not because I'm an American. No, none of that bullshit. It's because you, you, the damn near made this woman's life. And I'm not going to say they, they didn't, but this one, they put this woman through hell for damn near a year. She was there for 10 months, pretty much locked up in Russia for 10 months, almost a year, you know? They made this woman's life a living hell for 10 months simply because they wanted to stick it to America. They did what they did, right? Am I going to celebrate the fact? Well, I mean, I am glad that she is back. I'm glad that she's alive and well and back with family and all that other stuff. I'm glad that she gets to, to play in WNBA again, to be honest with you. Um, and I'm not just speaking about it as a fan of the sport, right? You know, the rare fan of a sport, right? <laughs> but no, the sport, right? But nah, uh, I'm not speaking from a fan level like, yeah, I get to see Brianna, Brittany Griner. I don't know why I keep wanting to call her Brianna, right? I guess that's my favorite B name when it comes to girls. But yeah, I want to see Brittany Griner again. No, it's not that. It's again. I still like the fact that she's safe and sound, and she's with family, right? And that's cool. But I do have something. <laughs> I know I saw this guy that was like, "Don't politicize this." So everything is political. I understand what people mean when they say "don't politicize this," but every single thing is political. This move was political. This move done by Joe Biden and the Democratic parties was a political move. These motherfuckers ain't been doing shit for nobody, especially their voters. They had no choice but to give Russia what they want for this one time to get Brittany Griner back. So in 2024, which is pretty much a year from now, when we thinking about it, you know, the year's almost up. So when 2024 comes, 
This is what the De- I believe the Democrats are going to do. Yes, I believe that I think so lowly of them. What they're going to do is say things like, look at what we did for Brianna, Brittany Griner, right? Not Brianna Griner, Brittany Griner, right? Look at what we did. We brought her back home. Look at me. You can't say that Sleepy Joe hasn't done anything throughout his first four years or so, right? If you give me four years, I can do more, even though this 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 compared to what he could have done still ain't, you know, uh, that's how I feel about just yawning. <laughs> compared to what he could do, that's yawn worthy, what he did. But I feel like that's what they're going. That's 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 where they're going with this. There's going to be more ploys, some more things, possibly, where they're like, "Look, we finally did this thing, right?" And then, of course, they're going to do the whole blame Republicans, blame this, blame that, you know, all this other stuff. Same thing with the whole student loan thing. I got the email saying pretty much if it goes through the court and they accept it, my student loans will be forgiven. But a lot of folks don't really have faith that that's actually going to be a thing. A lot of folks are like, this sounds like a ruse, you know? Now, I'm going to not try to put that negative energy out there, but I can't, I ain't going to lie. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to try to get my hopes up and say it's going to happen. What I'm going to do is plan on making the money that I need to make so I could pay off my student loans. Simple as that. Try doing that before I freaking die and not being able to not not having to force family members or my offspring if I have kids and not forcing them to pay the debt that I owe. You know what I'm saying? That's that's my plan. And that's the only plan I could come up with right now. But as far as just again, just with this whole Brittany and I said it, Brittany, yes, Brittany Grinder thing. Again, it's cool that she's home, but I do think the Democrats are going to tout this back in 2024 as if, as if that like like this is, you know, as if it happened in 2024. Like remember, like remember what we did? Yeah, we remember it. But you mean to tell me since 2022, since December of 2022, and now? This is the only thing that you can bring up to us. You got elected in 2020. 2022, you got this woman free. 2024, you're bringing up this situation as to why we should vote for you. You mean to tell me within those four years, this is the only thing that you have to show for why you should continue to be the president of the United States? Really? But that's just how I think. And that's just my opinion on the situation. Again, I'm glad that she's back. But I believe that, again, this was just one of the moves that the Democrats are going to try to pull to say, listen, we actually do something, especially for 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 Joe Biden to say, listen, I am a competent president. I know what I'm doing. I am doing something. I'm not losing my mind. 
But that's my thoughts on the situation. I would love to hear your thoughts on the situation and, and your thoughts on anything else that I said in this episode and just the very topics as well. But that would be the end of the episode for the Earnest Thoughts podcast. Timestamps in the description box below. I would appreciate it if you listen to all of this, no matter how long it is, but you know, whatever topic you want to listen to or rewind, that would be greatly appreciative. Of course, go, go ahead. Timestamps in the description box below for your viewership pleasure. Check out the other stuff in the description box below as well. Get yourself some earnest thoughts, podcast merch. Um, you can also get some Christmas theme merch. I know it's a couple weeks away, about two weeks away. But you can still get yourself some merch that I made, you know, some Christmas themed merch in general from the store, from, you know, my clothing brand, Bad for Business. <laughs> so get yourself some Christmas themed stuff. Get yourself some winter themed things in general, you know, hoodies and all that other stuff. Um, that stuff is is there. Um yeah, long sleeve shirts, sweaters, all that good stuff. So, because it's going to be good. It's a cold winter. That's all I'm going to say. So, you're going to want to get your warmth on. And why not get your warmth on in style? You know? Check that stuff down there. Check out the other links in the description box below. Like I said, the YouTube channel is down there. Go there. Subscribe. Subscribe to my blog, the Medium blog. I will continue publishing I blog pieces. I, I'm drafting them as I go, but I'm not going to publish anything until the start of next year. As far as right now, writing wise, what I'm focusing on is editing my two books and re-releasing them. So be on the lookout for that stuff as well. Um, I, I had to sneeze. Sorry, <laughs> but be on the lookout for that stuff as well. Announcements will be made, and of course, that stuff will be in the description box below. My link tree down here is in the description box below, where you can pretty much find everything that I do. Um, although the same links that you will find in the link tree are already down there as well, but just make sure that you save the link tree link wherever you save your links. Just, 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 just in case you are not, you know, you're not listening to an episode on Ernest Thoughts podcast and you're not being reminded to check out the description box, you still have that link tree link to access all these other links. So that's that. And um, if you feel inclined to donate, of course, all that is in the description box below as well. Until next time, until next episode, stay black if you are black, stay beautiful, black lives matter, LGBTQIA plus lives matter, black trans women matter, black trans men matter, black women matter, black men matter, and black children matter. And I'm out. Peace.